Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey guys, it's another episode of the Believe in Padres Prospects Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. San Diego's number one sports podcast network. It's episode 46, recording this on a Monday. It is crazy out there. And if you're here, if you're down to hear some uh, rioting looter hot takes, this is not the right place. So we're going to try to keep it to sports. On today's show, we've got special guest uh, from the road, Heath Bell, who's joining us to talk about things going on with baseball, what he's doing with his family right now, um, some Padres stuff, some prospect stuff, uh, just getting his thoughts and feelings about the the current climate with the the owners and the Players Association, and then um, a little bit of nonsense, some of his memories from his time uh, playing with the Padres, some old, some old stories that he can share. We'll try to get him back on in the future and get some some more because I was sensing he had some things that he, he wanted to share but was kind of afraid to because he didn't uh, didn't know the context of the show maybe and what he's allowed to share on podcasts and who's going to throw under the bus or something. But you know, it's all in the past. I think uh, I think we can warm up a little bit more and squeeze some squeeze some good stuff out of him in the future. But he's a, he's a great guest. Loved having Heath on. He's got his own show on the Believe Podcast Network that you may have noticed um, when you're subscribing to this show called the believe in Padres podcast. So you should, you should definitely check that show out all about Heath um, and his time with the Padres and then his thoughts and feelings about what's going on um, with the Padres now and, and other players around the league, bringing in lots of former Padre guests to talk to. It's a good show. So encourage you guys to all listen to that and subscribe as, as well as uh, subscribe and listen to this show. So, Today, that's what we're doing. We're just talking to Heath, and then uh, we're going to get out of here. So before we get into that, we're going to do our ad for Bet Online. While you're waiting at home, you can still have some fun betting with our partner, BetOnline.ag. No NBA, no NHL. I mean, June 1st, we're, we're hearing news about baseball, some stirrings, about a 50-game season. Maybe maybe eighty one if the if the players want to play more games, but the owners have come out and said maybe fifty is a game a thing we do. It's gonna really screw up fantasy, to be honest. I'm a big fantasy guy. Dynasty league, uh, best ball league, redraft leagues. Not so much lately, but still like those. Could really make things interesting. And uh, a fifty game season for the Potter, they can win that shit. You know, let's let's get a fifty game season in. Bet online. Get back to the ad. Still has hundreds of games, events, and sports to wager on. So NASCAR, Madden, NBA, 2K simulations, UFC, online casino with poker and blackjack. And then don't forget about uh, Japanese, Taiwanese, and the Korean baseball leagues all playing. So you can gamble the shit out of those things. Be sure to check out the final dance with roundtable interviews from ex-Chicago Bulls, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, Craig Hodges, and Ron Harper as they discuss the Michael Jordan doc in full. There is still fun to be had, so go to betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100, that's all one word, to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag, use the promo code MYPOD100, BetOnline, your online wagering solution. So, let's get to Heath Bell. 
So joining us now, we've got Heath Bell via Skype. He's a three-time All-Star, two-time Rollades Reliever of the Year award winner. And then you're, you've got like another award from a relief, some relief. The, the reliever awards confuse me, I'm going to be honest, because there's <laughs> like the Rollades one and then there was another one too. Are they are like the same or one was NL, one was for, the, for all of it or what? Um, I, I think traditionally it was Rollades was the relief man, like the best reliever, you know, it's kind of like the Cy Young, but I think Rollades pulled out of the sponsorship and, um, you know, they tried a couple other sponsorships and I think they got rid of it. So, oh, they went to, uh, delivery it, man of the year delivery man. They had DHL. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, you know, it is what it is. I mean, I, I just think I was really blessed to have some really good years and try to help my teams get to the playoffs. Um, the awards are nice, but you know, I really would like to world series ring. So a championship ring more than a personal award. Follow him at Heath bell 21 on Twitter. And you've got your own podcast now on the believe podcast network, believe in Padres. So Heath, welcome to the the network and welcome to our show. Um, how's it going, man? What are you, what are you guys up to these days? Um, well, okay. First of all, thank you for the podcast. Um, it's been fun. I've, I had all these great ideas to go down to the stadium with my kid or some friends and do some interviews to fans and go down to, you know, downtown and do all this and there's no baseball. So <laughs> it's literally, um, my son and I, he's 16. Uh, it's kind of like our show. We just talk about baseball. We talk about kind of life. Um, it's interesting. Uh, right now, at the moment, we haven't had a show in a week, and we're gonna. Pr- I'm gonna put on a show probably maybe this weekend, because there's no baseball in California. We live in San Diego, um, but Texas is wide open, and they're starting to play some baseball games. And my son's a sophomore, didn't get to play his season, and so I drove the RV out here with him, and we're out here at an RV spot um, playing baseball for the summer. I'd say that sounds pretty fun. Just you and your son road tripping around Texas playing baseball for the summer. But, you know, there's a whole bunch of other stuff going on in the world. It could get a little messy. You you never know what's going to happen these days. So hopefully, you know, things stay clear out there where you guys are. You can just have a fun summer. Yeah, we're outside of Austin. We're not downtown anywhere. We're in a small town, uh, Cedar Park. So that's kind of our base place. And we're not going to be playing tournaments until the tournaments open up in July. So it's, um, it'll be fine. It's just one of those things that, you know, I, I know that, you know, we've had a virus going on and then you, is the virus really, really bad or is it just kind of bad? And now, you know, we've had all these riots and protests and, you know, I just really think if we just had more love and respect in the, this world, it would be better. But we also have to remember that we're never going to get rid of the evil in this world. And we just have to just make so we just have to make do. And I think the best way to overcome evil is with kindness. The best way to overcome somebody with negativity is not negativity is love. And so, um, like I said, if we could just love and respect more people out there, even if they do us wrong, you know, maybe we can overcome this quicker. How have you enjoyed podcasting so far? Because you're you're pretty new to it. Uh, at least hosting your own show. I'm, I'm sure you've been on shows and radio and you've been on TV, but what's it like, you know, having the reins to your own kind of vehicle here and running the show yourself? Um, it was really weird seeing, uh, listening to myself the first couple of <laughs> times. It was really awkward, but by the third time I kind of got the hang of it. 
And um, I really think it is something I could do. It's really, but all my ideas kind of revolved around going down and really talking to the, you know, fans. And right now I just been making phone calls and that's not as fun, you know, like mm -hmm. we're doing right now. It's more fun if you can interact with people and, and do funny stuff and, and have funny questions and stuff like that. But it's kind of hard doing it on the, you know, phone and stuff like that. So it's been fun, but I, I'm really looking forward to probably next year when I can really interact with all the fans and have fun with them. So you're thinking maybe you want to get into something like this full time where you're, you're in broadcasting and this is kind of a dipping your toe in the water to see how it feels. Well, everybody always said I, I should, I should like commentate to games or I should be broadcasting just because I talk, I got some stories. I'm funny. I'm goofy, but my family's always come first. And I wanted to see my daughter graduate high school and grad and, and college. I have one each that did that this year. I want, I have two boys wanted to see them along and now they're starting to grow up and, so it's like, okay, well, let me try a little bit out here and there. And, you know, I just think I'd be really good for the radio or broadcast or something like that. I mean, I love baseball. I'm very passionate about it. I love the old school part, but I also like the new new school part about it. And um, I just, I have great ideas. I really do. Like when I was playing, we used to get in trouble for trying to wear funny socks or do weird names or funny shoes. And now that's all they do. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like... I should have played 10 years later, you know, then I would really blossom to everything. So, but anyway, I just think it'll be fun. The best ideas are usually before their time. You're yeah, not I alone in that. Yeah. I hear you. Um, and I'm, I'm sure you won't have your, you'll have your pick of things to do in the future. I mean, everyone loves you. You, you have all the, the playing experience that people want and the personality to go with it. So if you, if you really want it, man, I think you'll, you won't have any well, trouble. That's the thing is right now I'm just trying to, you know, keep my foot in the water. So when my kids get like, I have a 10 year old and a 16 year old. So when the 16 year old gets in college and then my 10 year old, by then he'll probably be right in high school. He's more of like a thinker and an artist, more of an athlete, even though he's really good at sports, he's kind of drawn to like drawing and building and stuff like that might be an architect or something. So if he's not really into sports, then maybe I'll kind of a little bit more for full tilt into trying to get back into, you know, the broadcasting area and stuff like that. But right now it's just, for me, it's having fun, trying to keep my foot in the water. So therefore if I'll have an opportunity maybe in five or six years to maybe do it full time. You don't strike me as a hot take guy, someone looking for clicks. I was scrolling through your Twitter though. And I saw something <laughs> that you, you took a stand on. I didn't go too deep. Don't worry. Oh, no, uh, I'm funny because Twitter, I barely do much on Twitter. But that's why I was laughing, but go ahead. So the one thing that stood out was uh, your defense of Ian Kinsler, who I'm I'm famously a, was against on the show. And uh, I think a lot of people on Padres Twitter, the community, he was a pretty polarizing guy during his time here for some obvious reasons. What mm -hmm. what made, what got you to defend Kinsler? Uh, was it you being a former player? Was it more to that? Um, you wanted the, the Padres to keep him around. Well, it's probably because I'm a former player. So I know I've been in the locker room and I was a veteran guy. I wasn't um, in the big leagues for a year or two. I was around for, you know, 10 years plus. So you kind of know sometimes, you know, GMs or coaches ask you to do certain things that maybe you're not as comfortable to like, Hey, I want you to groom this guy or do this. Don't worry about hitting or, you know, bad average or defense. 
So you go do that when you always want to do well, but if you're not doing well, you're like, okay, well maybe this is going to be my off year, say hitting wise, but I'm going to help these other guys. Cause that's what they really wanted me to. And then the fans get all into it of like, Oh, he sucks. He, he should be out of here. And it's like, that's not really why he's here. You know, he's not here to make the all-star team as the second baseman or whatever position it is. He's here for other reasons, you know? And we, we always want to win. With the Padres, we want to win every year. Everybody everybody wants to win every year. But also the Padres, didn't didn't they say like 21 or 22 would be the year? So yeah, if, not, yeah. if 19 wasn't the year that management said, why do we think that's the year? Maybe that's the year that we're bril- bridging the gap. We're teaching those young guys, this is what you do here. Because there's a huge gap from AAA to the big leagues of just playing ability you know all of a sudden you're on a baseball card all of a sudden you're on tv espn that you watch all the time all of a sudden is you know playing your mistakes you know so they're laughing at you or this or everybody's talking to you or everybody's calling you up and asking you for money because everybody thinks you're rich and this and that and it, it just goes in so there's so much more to it and then you know like as a pitcher now i'm facing guys like mike trout that I thought was awesome or this and that, or like me coming up facing McGuire or Sammy Sosa, you know, Barry Bonds, those guys and having teammates with me with like Tom Glavin and major um, Pedro Martinez and Greg Maddox, where, man, those are the guys that I wanted to be when I was in high school. And now I'm teammates with them, you know, just going out to dinner with them is like the coolest thing in the world, but then I don't want to step over my boundaries, but they kind of, you got to learn from those guys. If you want to be in the big leagues for a long time, you got to learn from those guys. Everybody learns from veteran guys. And so you don't always understand what's going on in the clubhouse, what the manager's thinking, what the GM's thinking. Yes, we want to win every year. But my thing is, if I was managing the team or if I was running the team as a GM, I would look and say, look, okay, where have we gone wrong, you know, as a team-wise? We haven't been 500. So let's get to 500. Then let's go for the division. And then when we get to the playoffs, let's win there. It's almost like one day at a time. Let's not look at the future. Let's go one day at a time. And I just think sometimes the fans, you know, we get caught up into winning, win at all costs, you know, win everything. We got to win it now. We got to win it now. If we can win it now, great. But there's a building process. You know, the season is six months long. It's a marathon. When you run a marathon, you don't sprint the first five miles and think you're going to win it. You're going to burn yourself out. So, you know, it's one of those things. There's a lot more to it. And Ian Kisler is everything I've ever heard. And I've met him once or twice, but never like really like have a full conversation. Just, you know, how you doing? You're, you're pretty awesome. Hey, Heath, you're awesome too. Um, he was always a good guy and I've never heard anything really bad about him in Texas or in Detroit. So it was, you know, it's the guy that was struggling a little bit, but he was probably there for a purpose. And unfortunately the fans, you know, weren't too happy with that. Yeah. And I think it, that stemmed from a couple of different things. One being, I think a lot of fans wanted to see what Luis Arias could do. And uh-huh. that, that was his chance kind of to play. And then Kinsler comes in and they're why why are we bringing in Kinsler when we have Luis Arias and maybe Ty France? And then I think things boiled over when he threw the double birds up after a home run and yelled out, you know, bleep you to the fans. And I don't know, that just, maybe that wasn't, we couldn't understand what that was all about because, you know, we're sitting in the stands 
um, and he's in the in the dugout, and we don't understand everything going on. Oh, I know. Um, there's there's a lot to it, but people yeah. have to realize that everybody's human. Everybody's trying to do their best. They're never just whatever. And if the if you believe in that team and that team does something, don't get mad at that guy. Get mad at the guy that signed him. Mm-hmm. You know, but we we didn't do that. We got mad at that guy. It's a good point. Yeah. Have you been observing? I'm, I'm sure. I mean, it's hard not to uh, observing what's going on with the players' union and, and the MLB owners. And have you been able to stay in contact with any current players who maybe you're giving advice to or just being a sounding board for? It's got to be a really scary time, especially for the younger guys who, I mean, there's news every day, but who might not have a job this season. Yeah, I've talked to a few guys. Um, the best thing for us as the players is to stick together. Stick together. Um, unfortunately, there's probably not going to be a season this year. The owners, um, and you know, the one thing the media is giving players so much slack but nobody's giving the owners any slack and or you know like giving them any i guess a better word crap it's always the players you know um i think the players just gotta stick together i've told a couple guys that it's very unfortunate for a lot of the minor league guys it's really unfortunate for all those guys that possibly got were going to be drafted this year uh for the juniors and seniors in college or the seniors in high school um even next year the draft's going to be shortened um so it's, it's to me, to be honest with you, I really want baseball to start, but for, I've, I've said this for a while now, it almost seems like the owners are putting enough out there to saying we want a season, but they don't really want a season. Yeah. And I really, and, and the players want to play, but they just want to do things right about everything. And the only hard part about it is you can't make everybody happy. So, and I really believe the players, if they just, if you had your union representatives that you do, let them speak for the masses because every club has two guys, but usually have one main guy. Then out of that, you usually have two or three out of those 30 guys that are like, okay, we'll speak. And it doesn't help the players out. And it really, really doesn't help the, the game out MLB, just the game that we all love. If we just have random guys tweet out and speak their mind and this and that, if you want to speak your mind and you think you should speak up, then go be a representative, be responsible for the 25, 26 guys on your team and the other 30, you know, teams out there, 29 teams out there, you know, become a union representative. We're all part of this union, but not everybody wants to go to those meetings and tell everybody this and that because they just think it's tedious or whatnot. But this is what you fight for. This is what the guys in the 70s and 80s fought for in the 90s. This is the reason league league minimum was half a million dollars. You know, just when I got in in 2004, I think it was, it was like around 200,000. So it's doubled in the last, you know, 15 years or 10, 10, 15 years, whenever it got to 500. But um, I just think if we could let Tony Clark and the players union talk, to the media and the mass and the players, the head union reps, we, they speak and everybody else, let's just stay together and be quiet. I think we we probably get something done or at least we would, you know, be playing this year, but I just feel like everybody's saying their two cents and probably not all the players agree and not all the owners agree. And there's way more players than there is owners. There's only 30 owners. So they could probably come more of agreement than the players. But then again, 
you know, does the owners really want us to play? Think about it. Do they really yeah. want us to play or are they getting a write-off because they're losing money? Um, you know, cause if we played, they'd have to do the lights. They're getting no concession. There's getting nobody in the stands. They'll get the TV money. You know, we're talking about millionaires and then we're talking about billionaires. So, and then we're talking about people's livelihood that are in the minor leagues. So, and I think it's really horrible that a lot of major league clubs are firing or letting players go that are in the minors, but they have their rights. So they can, they can sign them again in September when they don't have to pay them and watch that will probably happen. Yeah. And the MLB owners, not just MLB, I guess, just pro sports owners are some of the least transparent group of people on the planet when you're, we're trying to figure out how to have a season and split revenue and stuff. And they're just not, they're not telling anyone anything. They're just trying to win the PR war right now. It seems like, and, um, yeah. unfortunately, unfortunately for the players, it seems like they are winning the PR war. Well, they're winning the PR war because the, the, um, owners, you're not hearing two or three owners speak. You're hitting mm -hmm. one, you know, or you're not hearing anything. You're hitting their leaders say something and, and the players you're hitting, you're hearing like 20 of them. So, and they're not all saying the exact same thing. And that's the, that's the hardest part. Players, we need to stick together. We need to stay together. That's the only way that the union is the best. MLB union is the best in the world, in the, you know, in the whole world, any of other union. And the reason is because we stayed together. We stayed together. And with social media now and Twitter and all these different things, your voice can be heard. All you got to do is type a couple things on your phone and hit send. Boom. The whole world hears it. Instead of like you telling a friend that tells a friend that tells a media person. So some of the bright spots we've seen, at least recently, are some teams and players, uh, veteran guys are stepping up to pay their employees who have um, have been struggling the last couple months with without, you know, their their uh, checks. Um yeah, like David Price paid a thousand bucks yeah. for minor league guys, and oh yeah, it's it's one of those things that I'm so happy to see that. I mean, I would love to think that if I was in the boat of those guys, I would do the same, because we all know what it was like to be in the minor leagues. I spent eight years down there, so it's you make nothing, and I had three kids when I was in the minor leagues, so you 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 just you know they're they're living at home, chasing the dream that we're all living. And, um, you know, the, if we can just, you know, we'll spend, gosh, if we, if us millionaires, we just spent a couple like a hundred thousand dollars, it would make a difference. Even a thousand bucks isn't much. It would definitely make a difference to those guys. Yeah, uh, for sure. Since those guys, you know, are the guys in low a rookie ball, they may, maybe a couple of them signed, you know, big signing bonuses when they got drafted or signed out of international, uh, yeah, it's it, really only one or two guys on the team. Yeah. It's not many. So do you think there's anything that this, this, this pandemic strike, I, I guess we'll call it, I guess, or this, this delay of the season could have value long-term if, you know, the owners and players can get a few things done. One being, do you think there's more players can do to help their coworkers? So the guys that make 30, $40 million a season who are the top 1%, is it maybe going through ownership? Is it doing something with the union? Um, is, re is refusing to play this year, not an option to maybe shine a spotlight on some of the, the injustices with the minor leaguers who are just getting, a lot of them are just getting cut straight out right now. 
Um, yeah, and then that, not their the rights. Have, their, yeah, their rights are being to, are being totally revoked. They have a contract, but they're not being paid, and they can't go work somewhere else. Yeah, so this is the this is the one thing I wanted to say to that. There's yeah. a minor league union, and I we always joked, "What union? We have no rights down here." Hmm. There's actually a minor league baseball union, but there's it's nothing. I mean, we have to pay union dues to the minor leagues, and there's nothing. So um, I think what players should do is get with the Players Association and say, look, let's try to make the season happen, but also let's let's think about the minor leaguers. Not think about the guy that just got called up that's a major leaguer that's going to be there this year because he's getting service time this year, hopefully. It's about the minor league guys, the guys that haven't made it yet, the guys that are not on the 40-man roster, the guys that are struggling. How can we help them out? That's where I think the best thing would happen for the minor league guys. And I, the, the owners aren't doing it for the simple fact is the owners are cutting them now so they can save a couple, you know, like a million dollars here or two, even though they have billions of dollars. And I understand saving money, but at the end of the day, if you can just do the right thing, be res- have more respect for guys. Because in the long term, it will pan out. If you were an owner, like let's just say, actually, I'm not going to say a team because I don't want to throw anybody in the bus. But if you were an owner of a baseball team and you just came out and said, you know what? I'm going to pay all the minor leaguers. Major leaguers, we're going to deal with that. The minor leaguers, I'm going to pay half your salary this year. Boom, done. A lot of people would want to play for that guy, that team, because they're doing the right thing. It's plain and simple. I'll throw a team under the bus. The Oakland A's have been cutting guys left and right. Um, Emily Walden of the, of the Athletic reporting, uh, according to her sources, that the, the players there are, are all pissed and that guys are getting cut and they, they won't pay them, and, but they're telling them to stick around. Like, how can you have it both ways? Because they're under contract. They can't go anywhere. Yeah, it's just too that's, bad. That's one of the other things in the minor leagues. If you get cut, like, say, your second year, they have your rights for the first seven years, even if they cut you. Hmm. You know, they could say, oh, we don't want you to play, but we're going to hold on to your rights. What? That's <laughs> not right. That's not yeah. the right thing. There's right and wrong. And then there's the legal right and wrong. And some lawyers, and I have lawyers that are friends, will tell you the way the law is. It's not. I'm not going to say it's right or wrong. It's just the way the law is. And it's like, psh, that's, that's what's wrong with our society right now is if we, we all know what's right and wrong, we all have that voice in our head. So if we could just do more things that are right, we would be, this would be a better world. If we could just love each other and respect each other more, I think we'd be just fine. Since you're not a Twitter guy, I'll read you something that happened on Twitter today from Jeff Passan. Um, He said, Major League Baseball intends to propose a shorter season in which they would pay players a full prorated share of their salaries. Uh, they believe that the late March agreement would allow to set this, allow them time to set the schedule and fulfill the players' pro rata desire. So right now they're going to propose what looks like a 50-game regular season, um, with other with other exact numbers still being considered, and it would start in July. Um, set on the show July 4th start date sounds fucking amazing for uh, for baseball even though it's going to be a short season i can't what's more american than fourth of july and opening day baseball baseball but besides on the same day but what's besides that what what do you think about a 50 game regular season would that be enough for you or would you just be like you know what what are we doing let's just skip it this year i'm 50 50 with that comment i mean 
Parts, I'm looking at it like that's not a real season. And then the other part of me is like, I really want baseball to come back. I want to be able to sit back and have a hot dog and a beer and watch ball game. You know, I can't go to any of them and I'm not going to be able to go to any of them. But I want to be able to watch some of my friends play, watch the game that I love and cherish. Um, it's 50-50. Do I want a shortened season? No, but I'll take what I can get. The one thing I do not want them to do is do the doubleheader seven inning games mm. because in the minor leagues, I saw so many no hitters and perfect games on those days. And I know in the big leagues, that's going to happen and it's going to ruin records and stuff. So cool. if you're going to play doubleheaders, do it the old fashioned way, two nines. I know it's tough on your body, but you only got 50 games, right? Mm. So. I was talking last week about uh, a shorter, a possibility of a shorter season with baseball and with basketball. And since the season's so screwed up already, why don't we just not, why don't you just have some kind of abbreviated season or tournament or multiple tournaments and then just not have a World Series winner this year? Because it's not going to feel like a real World Series winner no matter what. So why don't we just take that? Hey, why don't we just take all the AAA guys and say you're in the big leagues this year? Go for it. No, I'm being well, serious. Like, we, we could rosters, do something like Yeah, yeah they're going to have expanded go, rosters. Here you go. And you know what? Major League guys on that team, you can guys, you guys can pay their salary and let's go. Or you can play. But I, it's just, it's weird. It's funny. It's, hmm. it's sad. It's everything. Like I said, it's 50 50. I mean, I, I thought what we should do a couple weeks ago is do you remember the old black and white home run derbies? when it was Mickey Mantle and stuff where oh, yeah. they would play a nine inning game. And if you got three outs or you hit so many home runs per inning, I thought that maybe they should have every team have two guys and then just have like a champ champ that way. So you, you know, you just have two guys from the Padres play randomly in a hat, their division, you know, and like say uh, Eric Hosmer and Machado and you end up, you know, like, you know, play like a home run tournament throughout the league, and that'll be the baseball. I'm in to try some weird stuff. Yeah, I don't care. Play it, play it at like Sandlot Parks. Play it on the beach. I, I don't know. Yeah, do, Just, do something that would be fun and exciting this year. Yeah, where it's not really baseball, but it is baseball. But also, I don't want like electronic strike zones to carry on to next year. I don't want them to prorate guys' contracts for next year. Where if next year somebody we have a full season. Somebody gets hurt and only plays 20 games. They only get paid for 20 games. I don't want that. Um, I want baseball. I just think some this year, if we could come somehow figure out it to be fun and really bring the fans back into this, because I think it's just ruining the fans. You know, it's like back in the 90s or in um, Montreal. It's going to make the fans, you know, not like the players and stuff like that. And I, I just have a funny feeling. Does the owners really want us to play this year? Or do they want those, those guys to play this year? Sorry, I'm not playing. I wish I was. <laughs> Bring back all the retired guys. Let us play for charity. I would watch the hell out of that. Just the, the 2006 Padres or 2007 Padres. Bring them out and get you guys all in uniform and on the field. I think everybody would watch that. Yeah. I, watched, I watched Tom Brady and Peyton Manning golf the other day. I can watch you pitch to Adrian Gonzalez. Oh, yeah, totally. I could watch that too. <laughs> Um, let's get, you want to get some lighter stuff now? Are we done with the, the sure. heavy stuff? Sure. 
So the Potters have had really good bullpens as far back as I can remember since they moved into Petco at least, um, or since Hoffman, I guess going even further back, uh, go from Hoffman going like guys like Scott Linebrink, uh, Mike Adams, you Kirby Yates. Do you see, do you see any similarities between you and Yates? Uh, what do you like most about him? Be honest with you. It's not what you're going to think. <laughs> oh, okay. Can't wait for this. Um, I played, I played with his brother, Tyler. So I remember Kirby when he was young. So I just think it's awesome that he's in the big leagues and he's doing so well. Uh, played with him in Tampa a little bit when I was with Tampa. Um, but it, I just, I think it's awesome. It's almost like one of my good friends, younger brother that's dominating and becoming awesome. And it's just, it's great. It's almost like your younger brother just dominating. So, uh, that's what I love about him. Um, but I see he's, he's a lot like me as in, I don't, I think he got some opportunities, but, or, um, he didn't get really an opportunity to shine. And then in San Diego, he did. Um, I know he said he kind of figured some things out and re-reckoned his career. So that's not what I did, but, um, he just took the opportunity here in San Diego and he's just running with it. So, um, I think Kirby Yates is a great guy and I wish him the best. You guys seem similar, just appearance, maybe a little bit, but personality, um, you seem a little goofier than him. Uh, I think we're just, we're humble guys. We're shape, not like, <laughs> body you know, shape, hey, round is a shape, man. We're all in shape, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I see, I see a lot of similarities and it's, it's cool watching him succeed the way he has kind of blooming late. Um, you were a little late bloomer too. Um, do you, is it, do you, do you credit anyone with the Potters organization for that or, uh, with him or with you or Darren Balsley or well, Darren the- Balsley and Dave, uh, Darren Ackerfeld, the late, uh, bullpen coach that we had passed mm-hmm. away a few years ago. Um, they just gave me the confidence. Like when I was with the Mets organization, it was literally like, if you're going to give up a run, we're going to send you out with Padres is like, well, if you get more people out, then you give up a run, then we're perfectly fine with you. You know, Bud Black was a huge thing. Bud Black called me. Well, let me put it this way. There's so many people that helped me, but Bud Black was probably the deciding factor. He gave me a call when I got traded from the Mets. And he said to me, you know, you pitched in 35 games last year with the Mets in the big leagues. And um, five of them, you gave up runs and 30, you didn't. You could double that and you'd be in my bullpen every year. And I literally said to him, I can give up runs in five in 10 games and he goes if you have 60 that you don't and i go oh this is gonna be fun <laughs> and that was because with the mets it was literally like if i give up a run i'm out i'm going back down to the minors so it just gave me that confidence i don't have to be perfect i can strive to be perfect i can try to be perfect but nobody in this world is perfect so he gives me that leeway of everybody's got a bad day so and then ack and balls were just great coaches to mentor me a little bit further to get me a little bit better every every game you know and Yates probably has a similar story was it it must have been really nice being a pitcher and then having a guy like Bud Black who's a former pitcher be your manager yeah but I never saw him as a former pitcher I really didn't I mean he can speak some he can speak pitcher to you though yeah, but he was also hard on some of the pitchers. Like, okay. 
he would, I remember he would tell some of the starters like, Hey, the reason I pulled you after the sixth inning, even though you didn't give up any runs, your pitch started elevating. And I would hear that like, no, I was still, I was still doing great. But if you look at the tape, like, yeah, the pitches were elevated. Like some guys don't understand pitching. You, you may not feel tired, but your pitches are getting, you know, not good. Like you were getting ground balls. Now you're getting fly balls because the ball started elevating. So, you know, it's just, you have to understand that. But also he, I thought he was a great guy because he let Darren Bosley talk to the pitchers like 90% of the time. And the hitters, I mean, my locker was next to Adrian Gonzalez and, and Brian Giles and he, and they were veteran guys and he would go up and say, Hey, you know, Hey, I need you this weekend. Or, Hey, do you need a day? You know, just let me know. You, I'm going to listen to you. And those guys, and he, he was very honest with his players. Like, Hey, he would say, you know, you know, Johnny over here, I'm going to give you a day off just because I feel like you need some rest and say, Billy went in front of him and went four for four. He wouldn't be like, all right, Billy's going, not you, Johnny, the next day. He'd be like, nope, Johnny's going back out there because that's what I told him. So you were, so you're sorry, so, you were, you were between Adrian and uh, Brian, Brian Giles. Do you have yep. any interesting stories from those two? Adrian's probably more laid back dude, but Giles, I've heard some interesting things about. Uh, yeah, not anything I can put on air, really. Oh, you can say anything you want on this. This is a, it's a oh, podcast. I oh, I know. It's just, you know, I don't like telling personal real hard <laughs> stories because unless I ask them first, because I how, don't throw it out there. How but often... I will say, I will say this. There was, uh, Brian Giles, literally he, his, his whole body is tan. Let me put it that way. <laughs> his whole, every inch of his body is, is tan and and that bear does not like to be closed. Let me put it that way. <laughs> and you you got to see all those inches frequently. Unfor- unfortunately, unfortunately. <laughs> um, just don't ever t- just don't ever turn your back because you might turn around and see something you don't want to see. <laughs> to stick it in. But um, yeah. And then you know I learned a lot from Adrian. He would always talk about the opposing pitcher and like how he was going to hit him or that. So I uh, used to always just listen to him talk to other guys or Brian. And go, okay, that's what you guys are thinking. So try to turn it around. But you brought yeah. you brought up Greg Maddox uh, a while back. You spent a couple years with Greg on the same team. Um, mm-hmm. what what are I mean, I'm sure you, you you learned a ton from him, but what are some of the the interesting Greg Maddox stories that we can hear? Because the stuff around the, the legends around him are famous. Oh yeah. Well, he's he's a very practical joke guy but kind of dirty, does some dirty pranks. But you ever, um, get pr- you ever get pranked by Greg? No, he did say one thing to me, um, but he didn't get me on it. Um, Cause he would, he was always trying to catch people on some like, st- like he'd be like, Hey, I went, you know, Heath, I heard you went, bo- you know how to bowl. Cause my wife ex professional bowler. And I said, um, yeah, he goes, Hey, I bowled 300 last night and one. And somebody in the locker room and I went, Okay. And somebody in the locker room goes, you can't bowl 301. <laughs> and cause I already heard that joke and he's like, you idiot. I won the game. I bowled 301. At least Heath over here. Didn't he knew about it. So he's so, got some dad jokes too. He It's some dad jokes, but he also, you know, it, you know, he's got some stories that I would love to say. And I know I could say it on a podcast, but I don't want to say certain things, but yeah. You know, I'll give, I'll give you one thing. So in spring training, you guys are, we're always hot and sweaty and this and that. And Greg likes to play golf. So what he'd do is 
he would strip down, not take a shower, you know, maybe wipe his body. You know, I won't get that graphic. Wipe his body with his with his clothes, throw in the laundry, put his regular clothes on and start leaving. And, you know, the clubhouse guys would be like, dude, you're not, Greg, you're not going to take a shower. He's like, I'm going to go play 40 rounds of golf. I'm going to go sweat out there. Why should I, should, you know, clean up to go sweat? You know, um, and it was almost like some of the things he would say would make a whole lot of sense, even though it was kind of dirty and disgusting. You're kind of like, eh, it kind of makes sense. Sounds like an eccentric pitching genius does things. Or, really or like, yeah. you know, he wore shower shoes in the, in the shower room. Yeah, he didn't. Mm, just going for it. Well, he just said, well, everybody wears shower shoes. You pee on the floor. It's sterile. <laughs> and then they always wash the floor. This is the safest place to be barefoot. And it was like, if you really thought about it, it's kind of true. I wonder if there's science. I wonder if there's science to back that up. I have to have to Google some things. I don't know, but he's, they call him the professor. I mean, some of the stuff was dirty, but if you really thought about it, it goes, it makes sense. You know? So, um, yeah, he would do some things like that or like we're at dinner and somebody signed a contract. The tradition is the veteran guy pays for the dinner for the younger guys. And somebody's like, Oh, I'll get it. (laughs) Greg would always go, Oh, thanks. He just get up and leave (laughs) where some guys like, Oh no, let's, let's split it or something like that. He'd just be like, all right, thanks. He's like, never offer to pay. Cause I'll say, go ahead and leave. <laughs> he would just get up from his table and just be, see ya. So, but it made a lot of sense, but he was never, he was one of the most general down to earth guys that did some things like this, that you would kind of turn your head. But if you really thought about it, you're like, no, I agree, man. I totally agree. Why not? Making it, making it a lot of sense right now. I got to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, he always paid for a meal unless you offered. Then be like, see ya. Yeah. Hey, you offered, man. It, exactly. That was it. If you offered, res- then you do it. I respect that. So. Uh, we'll get you out of here on this. Uh, taking up a lot of your time today. So the Padres new uniforms, the home whites, the road grays, or the browns. Which one got you going the most? Browns. Because when I played, when we had throwback browns, it was awesome because I remember seeing video I never got to see Randy Jones pitch in per- person, but I always liked watching him pitch in that era, and it was awesome. I love the Golden Brown. So you're happy they're back too, like everybody else. Totally happy. I I love how they're a little bit different. I love the sand color, even though a lot of people didn't like it when we when I was with the Padres. It was like the San Francisco Giants. Their white is off white, so oh, when you yeah. see on TV, you know it's that team. Mm. So the Padres, even though a lot of I know a lot of fans didn't like the sand color, my wife especially. You knew that was our team, yeah. so I love I love how it's brown and gold and it's different than everybody else. And when you see it on TV, you see a hat somewhere, you're gonna know it's San Diego Padres, even if you don't see the SD. That's what they say. If you can if you can claim a color for your brand and that color is strictly yours and no one else's, then you should always do it, even if it's well, brown. It's like the pinstripes. Yeah, pinstripes is Yankee, and even if it's not a Yankee jersey, you think of Yankees. Well, maybe the brown and gold. Won't be the Padres jersey, but you see brown and gold, and you'll be like, dude, that's Padres. So pinstripes you're not totally sold on the new the new pinstripes? No, I like the pinstripes, but I just I love if you incorporate the brown and gold into it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm with you. I, I love the new uniforms too. I'm glad they went back to brown. It's it's long overdue. They should have done it a while ago. Let's be unique and let's be ourselves. Exactly. You know, Oakland's pretty much done the same thing forever. Doesn't matter if we have the same uniform ever. Yankees have, make it ours and just own it. 
Well said. Keith, thank you so much for coming on. We'll let you get out of here. Appreciate you making time for some nonsense, some some serious stuff. And I think a lot of people need the distraction right now. So uh, appreciate yeah, you coming definitely. on. Yeah, definitely. And uh, bring me on if baseball comes back. And um, hey, if there's baseball, we, if we, as soon as we get fans, especially next year, look for me out there because I'll be doing a podcast, messing around with everybody. I want my podcast to be like community fan oriented. Will do. And we're going to, we're going to promote the hell out of it on this show. So make sure I appreciate it. Yeah. No problem. All right. Thanks, Heath. We'll talk to you again later. All right. Bye-bye. All right. That was Heath Bell, former Pottery great all-star, good dude, just all around. Um, Loved hearing his opinions and stuff going on. Just preaching peace. I love that. Just a guy who's um, really down to earth and, and cares about other people. You can tell he's a very sincere guy. So um, love him. Go listen to his show. Send him, send him some likes or whatever. Follow him on Twitter. Uh, do what you do as listeners. So we're going to get out of here now. Thank you all for listening. As always, please follow the show's Twitter account at Friar Farmhands. And if you enjoy our show, subscribe, of course, rate review. Um, we're on all your favorite platforms, obviously. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. And you can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts on Twitter. Please leave comments, questions, concerns, and your rating of the show on all platforms. You've been listening to the Believe in Padres, Pro- Padres Prospects every other every other time it happens. Uh, podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. San Diego's number one sports podcast network. I am Ryan Hart. We'll talk to you all again next week. Stay safe out there. Toward your destination Though you may find From time to time Trying to get the RV all set up So it's kind of hard I can imagine Three of us in an RV Kind of trying to live And me trying to do extra things It's not So I'm just like The extra stuff I'm like I'm just holding out for a little bit Thank you for listening To Believe You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.